This is episode 19 with Australian Wallaby star, Carmichael Hunt. Welcome back to episode 19 of Talking With TK. I'm your host, Tristan Cannell. Another bumper episode ahead. We've got Queensland Reds fullback and Australian Wallabies number 12, Carmichael Hunt, on joining us on the show today. It's going to be an exciting episode. Carmichael, someone I wanted to speak to quite a long time now. You know, he's a three-sport athlete. You know, he's he just brings it in everywhere that he goes. He's just got that aggressive style and in each of the sports that he's played in. And he's, he's reached the top. You've got to give him credit. You know, when he was at the NRL, he debuted at the tender age of 17. He also played State of Origin for the Queensland Maroons and also played for Australia as well. Then he made that sudden jump to the AFL and tested himself with the best and the best. That You know, he played at the Gold Coast Suns, learning, I'm sure, plenty from guys like Ablett and things like that. And then a couple of years ago, switching back to rugby, where, you know, People might not realise, but he was a star rugby union schoolboy, so I don't think the transition was a huge one for Carmichael, but still, it is still a test to come back all these years later and give it a crack, and what a crack he's given it, you know, in the recent test matches that the Wallabies played, you know, you've got to say that probably Carmichael was probably the best player in the combined games for the Wallabies, and, you know, he's been quite impressive, and in terms of the Wallabies moving forward, you know, it hasn't been... It hasn't been great talk about their prospects ahead for the for the next World Cup or even just ahead in August against their the games against New Zealand. But he's he's certainly the bright light at the moment, and hopefully he can help them continue to grow and continue to push forwards, especially against those big teams such as you know South Africa, New Zealand, France, and England. But before we get Carl Michael on the show, just a big shout out saying thank you to everyone tuning in the show, leaving some five star reviews. And, you know, sending me messages either by email, which you can get me at uh, Tristan at TalkingWithTK.com. If you've got any suggestions for the show or any guest requests, please send them through or tag me on any Insta- on any social media posts. Um, you can find me Tristan Cannell or Tristan Cannell Fitness across all the social media platforms. But without further ado, here is Carmichael Hunt. Is Carmichael Hunt. Carmichael is a three-sport professional athlete and current inside centre for the Australian Wallabies and fullback for the Queensland Reds. He's played in the NRL for the Brisbane Broncos, representing Queensland and Australia at Rep Footy, while also playing for the Gold Coast Suns in the AFL. I welcome Carmichael Hunt. Carmichael, welcome to the show, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Carmichael, let's start. Your form's been absolutely sensational the new Wallabies number 12, those three games that you played, what's the biggest thing that you learn about yourself, man? Oh, I learned plenty. Uh, it was such a um, such a hectic couple of weeks. You know, obviously, you know, being used to playing fullback for the, uh, for the Reds and then obviously getting thrown in by check at number 12 was a bit of a head spin, but I managed to get my head around it. Um, what I learned about myself, look, 
probably that I can handle test footy. Um, I know, uh, you know, we probably didn't play the All Blacks, uh, you know, we've got them coming up, but uh, for me to be able to step in at 12, uh, you know, play against Fiji, Scotland and Italy up in Brisbane, uh, just show me that I can handle uh, test football, but obviously you've got a long way to go there. Yeah, Kay, when did you actually find out um, from checks that you were actually going to play in the number 12? Look, uh, it was Thursday. Uh, we played a Saturday game, so he told me on Thursday morning that I'd be playing uh, at Inside Centre after having trained at fullback the whole week. So <laughs> you can imagine my headspace was uh, pretty frantic, trying to get my head around the plays at 12, because all I had been running was you know positional plays at 15. So all, all my starter moves, uh, all the scrum line-out plays, all I you know, had my head wrapped around was you know yeah. what I'd do at 15. So I had to go and re- relearn a whole new uh, playbook. So it was a bit of a bit of a whirlwind for me, mate. But you know, I had great players around me like Wade Cooper, Bernard Foley, who are such great thinkers of the game. So they helped me understand, um, you know, the twelve position a whole lot quicker than I was probably hoping for. Yeah, with Foles and Quaid, they're obviously very different players, and obviously they share time on the field as well. What, in terms of your own, the way you have to play around them, did it change much in terms of your approach when one of them won? Yeah, definitely. Quaid and, and, as you mentioned, and Bernard, they're, they're completely different players. Uh, obviously, play the same position, but you know, Quaid's very dominant with his voice. Um, likes to dominate the game um, from his position. Whereas Bernard, you know, he sort of he, he can dominate the play, but he likes to sort of um, you know allow his twelve, which is his second playmaker, to also dictate the play as well. So, um, you know, he, he put a lot on my plate as well. Asked asked a lot of me to sort of get the boys in position uh, and you know sort of feed him the ball. So. You know, look, I, I I enjoyed that, but you know, having been around Quaid most of the year at fifteen, I was pretty much getting used to being told where to be. So it was just another um, another dimension that I had to add to my game in a short, uh, you know, short space of time. Yeah, it must have been pretty cool to reconnect with Izzy Falau because realistically, you hadn't played together since State of Origin what ten years ago. Yeah, correct. Yeah, we've been on opposing uh, teams in AFL and then obviously in rugby union as well. So to be able to play together. Uh, it was fantastic. It was good to always be nice to play alongside him, uh, whether it's, you know, at the Bronx, Queensland or, or for Australia. You know, it's, uh, you know, we get along really well. So to be able to hang out with him and the rest of the guys, um, throughout the three weeks we had at Wallaby camp was fantastic, mate. Yeah. Come off, you mentioned the All Blacks are coming up. It's in, a, in about four weeks time. You know, you've got a pretty big challenge. You're going to be facing front on with Sonny Bill Williams if you keep your 12 jersey. Have you had a, yeah. much of a chance to think about it? Oh, not at all, mate. Look, you sort of you you sort of think about uh, individual matchups the closer you get the you know to the game. But in terms of thinking about the All Blacks, you know, I've had some time to, to watch the Lions series and uh, to see how they went against them, and, and definitely the Fire Burns. There, you know, I'd love to be able to get the opportunity to play play against them. Look, they're the best of the best. Always have been for a while, and for me to be able to line up in a Wallabies jersey against them, you know, be a dream come true for me. So. Yeah, hopefully get that moment um, and that opportunity to come up, come up soon. Yeah, Carmichael, with with the Lions actually drawing and actually beating the All Blacks, does that yeah. give you guys confidence that because they just seem so invincible for so long, it just shows that there might not be there might be a few cracks in their armour. Does that give you guys a lot more confidence going into these games? Oh, look, I think it, it probably gave World Rugby a little bit of hope, to be honest. Um, you know, we're, yeah. we're definitely in that same boat. Because you mentioned look, they've been at the top of the game for a long time um, and they have looked invincible. So, you know, the Lions, I'm sure the coaches uh, have probably been dissecting the series uh, pretty closely and trying to see where, you know, they sort of took it to them and, you know, where we can probably, uh, 
you know, do the same things or similar things. So, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to our opportunity coming up. Obviously, we've got uh, the rest of Super Rugby season to finish off. And then, you know, before you know it, uh, we'll be playing against, playing against them. Yeah. Carmock, have you had an opportunity to actually reflect on exactly how much you have actually achieved? Because you're a dual international. You've played, you're a three-sport athlete. You know, a lot of people don't even make one as a professional athlete. You've made three, man. Have you actually had a chance to actually have a good reflection? Oh, yeah, not really. Uh, you know, I'll probably save that for when retirement comes and <laughs> and probably have a look at um, you know, what what's happened before me. But you know, things sort of change so so rapidly in sport. Um, you know, you know, I always just want to concentrate on the present moment. Just just focus on you know what I'm doing right now and, and where I can go from here. Um, you know, I, I definitely you know have moments where I sort of appreciate. Uh, you know what I've done, but you know, to be honest, there, there's been no heavy recollection or, or, or you know, looking back and, and thinking about um, how great it's been or, or you know how tough it's been. It's just more so, what am I doing right now? What can, how can what can I do to get better? Yeah, just taking you back to your debut now, round one versus the New Zealand Warriors back at the Broncos in the year 2000, mate. You were 17 years old. Wow. So in terms yeah. of you debuting at 17 years old, and now obviously you're a senior player at the Reds, you're now 30. You know, back then you had great players like Darren Lockyer, Shane Webke, Gordon Tallis all around you. Mm. From you being 17 then, and then your role in the team now, what are some of the mm. things that you try to teach the young fellas that are coming through now? I look, you know, I was... You mentioned all those names that I was um, very lucky, lucky enough to sort of grow up around uh, when it comes to you know, a sporting career. And the one thing that I learned very quickly at the Broncos uh, around those type of players, those names, was that you you, you need to work hard, uh, you know, to get better. Uh, it's not you know talent just sort of gets you in the door, but hard work sort of takes you a long way. And Lockie, Gordy, Webke, you know, they were always working hard at their craft after training, before training, in the gym. It was a non-stop work ethic that, you know, propelled them to great success, and that's something that I learned very early on, and it's something that I hopefully, you know, well, I think I preach by actions, uh, you know, as a 30-year-old now, is that you, you read what you sow. Um, and, you know, I'm still sort of growing in the axe, trying to get better um, after training, before training in the gym, or, you know, with, when you get older, you sort of, it changes from uh, you're dominated by skills to more so looking at um, gains that you can get through recovery, through massage, through saunas, things like this. But it's always trying to get better. It's always where can I get better and how, how hard how hard you need to work. That's what I learned early on. Yeah, and what about someone like Wayne Bennett? And obviously, he had a huge influence on you. He chose you at 17. Have you ever had a chance to ask Wayne exactly what he saw in you at such a young age? No, I actually haven't uh, had the chance to ask that question. I'm not sure I'd probably ask it, but it's, it's a pretty interesting <laughs> one. Uh, maybe if I sort of run in on my game, uh, I might be able to throw that towards him. But, oh, you know, Wayne's been a huge influence for me. Um, you know, he, he 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 was pretty much a second father for me as a 17-year-old, yeah. just sort of helping, helping, me, helping me navigate through... You know all the uh, the pats on the backs, uh, the criticism uh, at, at the age of seventeen um, in the sporting world. There was quite a lot on my plate, and he was such a huge influence and a uh, fantastic guide for me. Then you obviously signed with the Suns. Why was the what was the biggest reasons for you to take that challenge on? Well, it was just a you know a change of scenery, first and foremost, a new challenge. Um, 
you know, I've been playing league since I was four years old, uh, pretty seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, debuted at 17, sort of managed to experience all of that. I had, you know, all I wanted to experience. I managed to play in the grand final, play origin, play test footy. So, you know, this fantastic opportunity came up to sort of test my wares or, you know, see how far I could push my body in a completely foreign sport. Um, I said, why not? Like, I've always... Love living life on the edge. It's got me in trouble quite a few times, but uh, you know, that's, that's where um, that's where the most growth has come for me as a player and as a person. Um, so that was pretty much, um, you know, it was, it was a dream come true to be able to get that opportunity and just um, you know, see where I could go with it. So that was probably, you know, that's probably the reason there. Guys, we hope you're enjoying the show with Carmichael Hunt. If you haven't yet, please check out our latest episode with swimming icon. Kieran Perkins. Here is a quick little snippet from the show. Um, that's very nice to hear Michael say that. I didn't know. Um, look, it, it's interesting because, um, you know, I, in many ways I just did what I did. And I think one of yeah. the, the really sort of seminal moments that I, I think about, you know, when I, when I think back on my career um, actually happened when I retired. Uh, I was yeah. a little bit... Um, um, I was always a little bit nonplussed as why I wasn't ever a team captain or sort of promoted as being one of those, um, you know, those people who, who led the team, as it were. And um, and then when I retired, it sort of didn't matter anymore. I actually fronted Don Talbot about it and said, mate, you know what, what's the <laughs> yeah. go? You know, I, I wasn't a bad team. Why was I never actually... <laughs> Pretty good. Even, yeah, even just asked to be, you know, to be a team captain or see what I wanted to do. And he, and he sort of smiled at me and, and, and stuck his hand on my shoulder and said, mate, you, you're kidding me, right? Do you not realise that the way you behaved, the professionalism that you showed and the attitude that you took into everything that you did all of the time showed infinitely more leadership than you could have ever done by being the person with the title? And he said, and apart from that, I also didn't want to burden you with extra responsibility because you had work to do. Well, go back and check out that episode, as well as a host of other ones. If you're into your rugby, we've had Nathan Sharp and David Campisi on the show. So please go out and check those out. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show via iTunes and leave me a five-star review. If you want to get in touch with me, the best way is email tristan at talkingwithtk.com. I'd love to hear any of your suggestions or your guest requests, so send them through. But for now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, you speak about growth as a person. I know that you've been doing a lot of meditation and things like that. How much has that contributed yeah. to to you moving forward? I think massive. Um, you know, not once that I sort of growing up ever get taught about uh, this thing we call the mind that we all possess. Um, so for me to be able to discover meditation through my wife initially um, just helped me sort of understand. You know who's who's in control. You know, like you know, all these thoughts and emotions and feelings, they just sort of tend to get on. Or well, they tend to they, they go on top of me quite often. And you know, I just wanted to sort of it just allows you to sort of step back and just see it for what it is, and uh, you know, just gives you a bit of space from that sort of stream of thought that sort of keeps happening daily. So um, it's definitely changed my perspective on life. Um, it's given me a lot more freedom. Um, you know, a lot more peace and calm as well, and it's something that I think has helped me out with football as well. When it comes yeah, to decision making on the field, and just being able to get through the the ups and downs, and, and just to ride, you know, the, the roller coaster of emotions and thoughts, um, you know, a lot better. 
Come off, how do you do it? Is it like a guided meditation? Do you just sit it's mindfulness meditation. Yeah. Look, I started yeah. with um, guided meditation, and now I just sit in silence by myself. Um, yeah. I, I'm not doing it. Um, I used, you know, I used to do it every day. Um, and sometimes, you know, I might be lucky enough to get the time to do it properly. You know, two, three times a week, if that. Um, just with kids and that. But look, I think the meditation has turned from guided to silent sitting, but. Now meditation is just waking meditation, just every day, just understanding just when your thoughts are popping in, uh, whether they're negative or positive, you know, they're just thoughts or emotions. Just so giving you that knowing, mate, it's it's definitely been powerful for me. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, man. I think one of the ones, actually, what something I've been trying lately is actually in the sauna. It's actually quite good because there's no distractions well, on phones or anything like that. And it, the heat actually kind of oh, uh, yeah. makes you... Just makes you feel really good, and no one really wants to talk to you in there. So you, yeah. you just do get to be by yourself a little bit. So maybe if you've got a sauna, yeah, really, really, yeah, really be able to concentrate on your breathing as well. Because you definitely feel in the sauna. That'd be uh, that sounds like a great idea. So I might try that for sure. Yeah, over the weekend, man, I actually found a pair of boots. You're a big influence actually on me, man. I don't know if you remember right. that, but when you first debuted, mate. You used to wear these white Nikes with a red tick. Remember those? Yeah. Yes, I do remember man, those. I still had mine at my oldies, and I ripped them out, and I found them, mate. They were a big influence. I reckon you were probably the one that made everyone start wearing the white boots. Mate. Oh, mate, yeah. I wish they'd sort of um, reintroduced that, that colorway like th- these days because I'd probably wear those straight away, just the white and red tick. I think they were some of the coolest boots out, but Nike been fantastic for me. They've looked after me since I was at the Broncos, and they still do, mate. And you know, I, I never go past a, a pair of Nike, so I'm pretty loyal to them, mate. And they, they definitely always got the coolest gear for mine. Maybe you need to talk to them about maybe relaunching the the K17s or something. Oh, who knows, mate? Yeah, we got to get them out some way, some way or another, mate. Give them a whirl; they'd be bloody fantastic. <laughs> okay, how much has fatherhood changed your approach to both your career and life? Oh, look, it's turned my world upside down, to be honest, um, in, in such a good way, uh, but also such a stressful way as well. Um, it's definitely, uh, you got you know, the, girls, the right? good, I got three girls, uh, you know, oh, five, get three, the shotgun, two. Mate. Um, I know, I know. Um, but look, um, yeah, fatherhood is just fantastic. Like the girls are such a good energy. Like they're very full on, um, and, and it definitely takes a lot of energy out of you when you come home, but, you know, it gets your mind away from, you know, anything like that's got to do with footy or life. You know, you're just totally immersed in what they're doing in their world and just seeing them grow, mate. It's, um, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's been, it's been hard yakka for my wife and I, but I wouldn't change it for the world, eh? All right, before we get to the personality round, just one more question, mate. That aggressive style of yours, where was that developed yeah. from? Oh, look, my dad, um, probably, um, instilled that in me as a, as a young kid. He was, you know, I was all, naturally, I'm a very uh, timid kind of guy and, and very reserved. Um, but just always growing up, my dad was my coach, my footy coach, and he, he always stressed the importance of defense. And, and he always said defense is, starts as a mindset. And, and, you know, if you are aggressive defensively, um, everything else is, takes care of itself. Um, and just as I grew older, you know, I just kept remembering that piece of advice. Uh, kept, you know, put my body on the line, and it's just a part of who I who I am now. Um, there's, there's no going back for me. Like I'm, 
I'm hard at it uh, when it comes to footy, but off the field, um, I'm completely opposite, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what the old blokes used to say to you when they saw you charging a million miles an hour, taking those kickbacks at the Broncos? Yeah, oh, look, uh, yeah, Thorny, we, uh, Brad Thorne and I were having a chat about it not, not long ago, and he said he, he got a bit of a kick out of it. Um, <laughs> you know, it always makes him want to take the next hit up. So, um, yeah, look. You know, at the Bronx, everyone everyone did their work. Um, you know, whatever your role was, you did it a hundred percent. And I learnt my work ethic, and um, you know, I got a bit of that aggressive style. You know, the, the lessons were instilled from my dad, but um, you know, they were drilled in by the Webkeys, you know, the, the Telluses and Brad Thorns. These guys, uh, you know, really stuck it home to me and, and made me believe that you got to give it your all, no matter where you are. Um, or what time of the day it is, you've got to give it your all. That's that's how I how I continue today. Yeah, you some amazing people around you. Now, okay, let's get to the personality round of the interview. What was your favourite ground outside of, outside of Suncorp Stadium? Oh, um, look, Suncorp for me is the best ground that I've played at. But um, I managed to play a few games at the MCG, and I could imagine on grand final day... Um, you know, that'll be pretty epic playing in front of 90 or 1,000 or however many thousand they sit there. That'll be absolutely amazing. And the deck is, is second to none as well. It's a nice firm deck. Um, so, yeah, I'd have to go um, Brisbane and then uh, MCG. Okay. I'm going to take you back to your childhood, Carmichael. What posters did yeah. you have on your childhood wall growing up? Oh, Michael Jordan. It was all uh, Michael Jordan. Oh, I was a massive, yeah, massive, massive basketball fan. So it was Michael Jordan and Alan Iverson came in, and those two pretty much dominated my um, my school books and and, and walls, mate. <laughs> oh, AI was the best man. Is yeah, he was the best. Team or uh, it was just Iverson. So if Iverson was at the Sixers, yeah, that was my team. So and same <laughs> with Jordan. It was Bulls and Bulls and um and the Sixers. Yeah, nice one. Okay, final question. Carmichael, you're going to be hosting a private dinner party. You've got five invites. Now, only rules, no family or friends, but it can be anyone, dead or alive, who you want to invite. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, I've got five, do I? With five, my Jordan's man. De- yeah, Jordan's definitely there. Um, I'm assuming I've got Jordan. Been. Yeah, i got... Yeah, I don't, probably don't want to use them all up on basketball. We'd be talking the same stories, would you? But i got Jordan, Jay-Z... Uh, Obama, Elon Musk, and oh, we'll probably say Miranda Kerr. Just to round it out. <laughs> Why not? You got to have a go in there. I'm glad you did. Yeah, bro. you got to. You got to have a go. It'd be too boring to chat otherwise. Definitely. Before I let you leave, everyone get following Carmichael Hunt. He's on Twitter at Carmichael Hunt, and that's the only social media you're on, correct? Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I hardly use that anymore as well. But um, yeah, all good. Cheers for the plug. <laughs> awesome. Well, Carmichael, really appreciate you coming on. Good luck for Friday night, man. And all the best for the matches against the All Blacks and also against South Africa, man. My pleasure. Good to chat. Guys, we hope you enjoyed the episode with Carmichael Hunt. If you enjoyed the show, please tag me on post and share it with your family and friends via you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever social media that you use. It's the best way for me to grow the show. Another way that I can grow the show is if you just jump onto your iTunes account either on your phone or your desktop and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps me grow the show by reaching more people. People will be able to see it more in the charts and things like that. So I really appreciate 
if you go to that extra effort for me. I won't tell you who's coming up next. This is going to be, I'm just trying to work out who's going to come on next, but it's either going to be a rugby or rugby league, maybe an Ironman feel. I'm talking to a few few guys and girls at the moment, and we're definitely going to have something special lined up. I do have a very special Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor show coming up, and I've lined up some of the best from both UFC and boxing, and it's going to be a cracker episode with about 12 guests. It's a bit of a longer one. Shorter, shorter interview is going to be about 10 minutes per interview, but we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty of what exactly is going to happen in the biggest combat fight of all time. Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. That's going to be in August. It's about six weeks away, but I'll have the best preview show right here on Talking With TK. So until next time, I'm Tristan Cannell, and I'll check you soon. <laughs>